You play at a different level. You play in a different way if you have the mindset that we are part of a glorious, victorious kingdom on earth. It's such a certain thing that we win and not without battles and not without troubles, but it's it, you play the game differently. You live your life differently. We're part of a, of a takeover that started at the cross and resurrection. It, you go from a mindset of, I'm somebody on the Titanic that's sinking and my job is to pull as many souls off the Titanic and get them in lifeboats before this thing goes down. Okay, that's great. Evangelism's great. The other way of viewing is, no, I'm part of this ever-increasing kingdom where the results of it and the fruit of it are actually righteousness and justice on the earth with real people, with nations singing praises to God. And, it, and we don't have to wait for the return of the king to do that. In fact, the king is seated at the right hand until we actually fulfill what we're here to do. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. My name is Jim Mafuccio. And I'm Andy Michael. And today we're going to talk about God's great glory plan. Yeah, God has a plan to fill the earth with his glory. So, you know, we're all familiar with, uh, there's a couple places in scripture where he talks about his glory filling the earth. Actually, uh, Andy, why don't you pull up for us Habakkuk? Oh. I think I pronounced that right. Chapter 2, verse 14. It says, For the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. As the waters cover the sea. Right. And then another place is uh, Numbers 14, um, verse 20. And uh, this is uh, one of the most stunning scriptures I've ever read uh, when it really hits you. But it's uh, God saying this, As I live, the whole earth will be filled with my glory. Now we're going to double back on, on that one because there's a, when we get to our main point here, um, there's some implications of that one. But let's first talk about a little bit, like what, what do we mean by his glory in the context of it filling the earth? Um, I mean, you know, we could, there's books and books on the subject of glory, but I think um, for the purposes of today's conversation, um, I want to, I want to key off of the passage where, and it's in uh, Exodus um, 33, 18 to 19. In fact, why don't you go ahead, uh, Andy, and read that in that, in that, uh, I don't know where you got that crazy accent, but uh, I was born with it. It's certainly not an American one, <laughs> <laughs> but it sounds more legitimate when yeah. reading scripture. So read away. <laughs> 18 and 19. And he said, please show me your glory. Then he said, I will make all my goodness pass before you and I will proclaim the name of the Lord before you. I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious, and I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. Wow. So God himself answers Moses' request to show him his glory, and he says, I'll make all my goodness pass before him. So this, let's just say goodness, graciousness, and compassion would be a, a good uh, descriptor of what the glory of God would look like, perhaps as it fills the earth. Is that... Goodness good, gracious me. Goodness gracious. Maybe that's where that came from. So uh, so the next thing we want to look at is, you know, God, God imparts and imparted his glory to man. And I find this to be just stunning that, you know, in, in Psalm 8, you know, we, we've talked about in other episodes, you know, what is man? And it comes from the, the verse, I think it's verse 3, where it says, what is man that you are mindful of him? Anyway, it goes on to say in verse 5 and 6, for you have made him a little lower than Elohim. Now, 
A lot of translations say a little lower than the angels. That's still really high up there. It actually says, made him a little lower than Elohim, which is a name for God. And then get this, crowned him with glory and majesty or glory and honor. And you have made him to have dominion over the works of your hands and put all things under his feet. So this isn't even talking necessarily about redeemed man. This is just saying God, man made in the image of God, has been crowned with glory and majesty. Uh, there's other scriptures that talk about the glory of God on man or in man. And, you know, one of the most, you know, just can't get around this one is in John 17. But Jesus is praying and he's interceding on behalf of, uh, you know, his people, his followers. And and he said that uh, the glory which he's praying to the Father, the glory which you have given me, I have given to them. And again, that's a stunning thing. So he's crowned us with glory. Jesus says, I've given you the same glory that the Father has given me. And then there's there's so many others. Colossians 1.27 talks about the mystery that's hidden and now revealed that Christ in you, the hope of glory. What does that look like? So, um, What does that look like? Yeah. Well, I mean, for starters, maybe goodness, graciousness, and compassion is a, mm. is a good place to, mm. to start. But it's a reflection of his image, of his, and all that he is and all that he does, I would say, right? Mm. So he, he chose to reveal himself to Moses, his glory, and he put it in terms of all of his goodness. So, um, so if his glory is filling the earth, it would be a really good place, right? So mm-hmm. gracious, <laughs> so, gracious. So, uh, so the great glory commission. So here's the part where it starts getting interesting. So God's plan to fill the earth with His glory is vested in human beings. This is mind-boggling to me, but if we look at it, I call it God's great glory commission. We have the great commission. This is the great glory commission. So going back to the Numbers 14, 20, this is where the context of that passage that we, we read at the beginning is the children of Israel, this is when they had refused to enter into the promised land, to cross the Jordan, and to occupy that land that the Lord had given to them. And that's key. He had given it to them. But they but they believed the report of the 10 that came back with a, with a what's called an evil report. It was actually a factual report, mm-hmm. but it was evil in that they didn't look at what they were seeing through the eyes of faith and what God had promised to them. So that's the 10 we call the 10 spies. And so when they, they refused to go into the promised land and God was really angry with them and he was actually talking about wiping them out and Moses interceded and, uh, and asked God to pardon them. And God said, I will pardon them according to your words, Moses. But he goes, but then he added this and it hit me two or three years ago. And it was just like, wow, I never really considered this in the context of a a group of people that didn't obey and cross over into this land of possession. God says, but as I live, the earth will be filled with my glory. And that sent me on a bit of a search through the scriptures of, you know, what does these human beings either deciding to or not to cross into the land of their inheritance and begin possessing it, what does that have to do with God filling the earth with his glory. And, and, and the answer, I, I believe, is everything. He intends to do it through men, through human beings in covenant with him. And it really, I mean, this could be stretching it for some people, but going all the way back to the garden when he gave man charge over the earth and he said that you be fruitful, you multiply, you fill it, right? You subdue it. 
and you bring it into my order. In a sense, couldn't that be considered also the first commissioning of man to extend God's glory to this part of his creation called earth that he could have easily done himself, but he chose to do this from the beginning through man. So the great glory commission, um, I think where, um, where, where it stands out the most to me is in Isaiah 61 has been a uh, this has been a, a life-changing verse for me, chapter for me, because of some ways the Lord has, has just woken me up to look at that passage. And that's the uh, Isaiah 61, the first three verses is, is where, you know, Jesus quotes out of it in Luke and says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor, open blind eyes, set the prisoner free. All of these these personal redemptive acts that Jesus did towards redeeming the person, the human being. And, and then in the middle of verse three, he says, uh, and this is, this is talking about those that he performed this wonderful operation of grace upon called redemption. It says that, 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 so that I did this, I redeemed you so that they may be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. So the way God is glorified is by we, the redeemed people, being the planting of the Lord. Well, what do, what do we go on to do? It says, and then they shall rebuild the old ruins, raise up the former desolations, and repair the ruined cities, the desolations of many generations. So the way God is glorified, or maybe the way you could say the way he fills the earth with his glory so that... He's glorified everywhere on the earth is through the redeemed people. Again, the ones that Jesus said, the glory you've given me, I've given to them. When they function as the planting of the Lord unto the repairing, restoring, and rebuilding, the repairing of ruined cities. Hmm. This, is, this is God's, I believe, this is my, my, my thesis here, that, that this is God's plan to fill the earth with his glory. He could do it in the blink of an eye himself. But he's chosen his image bearer, his glory bearer, to bring his glory to the ends of the earth. So, who would do such a thing, trust something that important to us humans? I would say somebody who's got a lot of patience and a lot of faith. Mm. Think about that. Yeah, because think about the risk that God took. You never really think about God having faith. Yeah. We're, t- we're, we're uh, exhorted to have the faith of, if you have the faith of God. Mm. So he's the, he's the God who originally speaks that which is not as though it is, right? Let there be light. Let there be. I mean, he spoke creation into existence through the operation of faith. So there seems to be some real optimism there on yeah. his part toward yeah. us, which yeah. is a nice feeling when you think about yeah, it. Yeah, he, I think it's Bill Johnson that says he, he's, he's never had a bad day. You know, he's never had a downcast, you know, he has emotions. He gets angry. He's a jealous God. Mm. He's even scriptures where he weeps. Mm. Uh, His heart is broken. There's scriptures that talk about that. But he always, you talk about someone who has an up and to the right perspective, which is what I like to call the paradigm I've moved into is, is even if things appear to be going down, my overall perspective and expectation because of this king whose kingdom and the increase of his government and peace will never end. It's always up and to the right, even though we have setbacks and challenges. So, And you're a data guy. I'm a data guy. Is that what I am? <laughs> so, 
Okay, so so finally here, what will it look like? So what would it look like for the whole earth to be filled with his glory in, in this context that we're that we're speaking here? So Isaiah 61, 11, so that that passage that we just talked about where they're mm-hmm. rebuilding the ancient ruins and mm-hmm. repairing the ruined cities. The very last verse in that chapter is to me what, you know, kind of sums up what what it looks like when his glory fills the earth because he's been glorified in the in his planting in the planting of the earth and what does that say for us Sarah Andy the whole verse yeah verse 11 for as the earth brings forth its bud as the garden causes the things that are sown in it to spring forth so the lord god will cause righteousness and praise to spring forth before all the nations before all the nations so think about that he's 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 equating he's bringing this home in that verse he started by by the redemptive acts of Jesus, which are the works of Jesus and the works we also do. But then he talked about what I believe are the greater works because he's went to the right hand of the Father, which is to restore things on the earth. Mm-hmm. And he says the planting of the Lord is what we are, and, and so that he may be glorified. And then the very last verse says, here's how it, what it looks like when he's glorified. He's caused righteousness and praise to spring forth in every nation before mm. every nation so it's interesting to me that he doubles back and talk gives that agricultural example because mm. again what are we called the planting of the lord so he says as the as the earth as the garden brings forth that which was sown into it you know we talk a lot about the the parable of the wheat and the tares that the the wheat is the good seed that's the sons of the kingdom that jesus was planting even while the evil one mm. was sowing his seed and the wheat and the tares growing together, but but at the end of the at the end of the story, the harvest is a wheat harvest. The tares are removed. The harvest is gathered into the barns. So so we're the planting of the Lord. There's so many of these metaphors that he uses that 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 all converge into this understanding that this earth mm-hmm. is the garden we were planted in, and that his his righteousness. And praise will spring forth in every nation because he's planted his people that he's crowned with his glory. We're like the little glory seeds that will sprout and grow and infect and affect everything around us. If we, by, But it operates by faith. We have to believe this. Hmm. We have to really understand and believe who we really are. So, so what I would say is what, what, what does it look like? When his glory fills the earth, I would say it's when God's goodness, his graciousness, and his compassion is everywhere. Remember, he showed Moses his glory. He says, all my goodness. And he says, I'm gracious and I'm compassionate. What would the world look like? What would our family look like if it was filled with God's goodness through human beings, manifest in and through human beings, his graciousness and his compassion. If that were the expression and outworking of our lives, since we are his glory bearers, what would our family, what would our cities look like? Can we possibly believe that a nation could look like that or that the whole earth could look like that? Because again, as another thing I I, I put here that what will it look like when, when his glory fills the earth? Well, all of Jesus's enemies will have been made a footstool for his feet. Because remember, the father said, sit right here, Jesus, and that's on a throne, mm-hmm. until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet. So what would it look like when all the enemies of Jesus are, are subdued, are underfoot, where there's true shalom, mm. because these enemies have been subdued? You know, when, when oppression of every form is subdued on the planet, when slavery is completely obliterated, it's already been illegalized, if that's a word. 
uh, when when human trafficking is no more, when people don't have to lock their doors anymore because everybody has plenty and nobody has the, has it in them to, you know, or, or, or there at least that spirit is subdued to a degree where, you know, people can live in, in peace and in safety and, and find and know God through tasting and seeing that he is good through this goodness that covers the earth. Um, it's when that never-ending increase of Jesus's government and peace has saturated the whole earth. <laughs> 